1: Good morning. My name is Colin, and I'll be your conference operator today. At this time, I'd like to welcome everyone to the MAG Energy 2020 Year-End Results Conference Call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there'll be a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, uh, followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. If you'd like to withdraw your question, simply press star, followed by two. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Derek Evans, CEO, you may begin your conference.
2: Thank you, Colin. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us to review MEG Energy's full year operating um, and financial results for 2020. In the room with me this morning are Eric Taves, our Chief Financial Officer, Chitak Yi, our Chief Operating Officer, and Lyle Uzdefsky, our General Counsel and Corporate Secretary. I'd like to remind our listeners that this call contains forward-looking information, Please refer to the advisories in our disclosure documents filed on CDAR and on our website. I'll keep my my remarks brief today and refer listeners to yesterday's press release for more detail. MEG continues its priority of maintaining safe and reliable operations as we continue to face the hurdles associated with the COVID-19 pandemic. The health and safety of our staff is our top priority, and I commend our teams for exercising diligence and focus as we've operated through the pandemic. We had had no lost time accidents uh, for employees in 2020, which is a tremendous accomplishment, particularly given the turnaround activities that were ongoing at site this summer. As well as we've not had had a COVID-19 outbreak at our site or our office, and our focus remains on keeping each other safe and maintaining reliable operations. In 2020, notwithstanding the incredibly challenging environment our industry faced, we continued to execute on our strategic focus of improving overall cost efficiencies, preserving financial liquidity, and enhancing Meg's competitive position. In keeping with this strategy, we significantly reduced G&A, repaid indebtedness, extended the maturity runway of outstanding long-term debt, and began moving the majority of our barrels to the U.S. Gulf Coast. In 2020, our emphasis on cost efficiencies saw us decrease our G&A expenses by $19 million, a reduction of 28% compared to 2019. Our net operating costs of $6.18 per barrel were supported by record low non-energy operating costs of $4.38 a barrel and strong power sales, which offset 45% of per barrel energy operating costs. Free cash flow of $129 million for the year was driven by adjusted funds flow of $278 million and a disciplined cash capital spend of $149 million. We exited 2020 with $114 million of cash on hand and Meg's $800 million modified Covenant Light revolver essentially undrawn. Debt repayment remained a, a priority for us in 2020 with the repayment of $132 million of long-term debt concurrent with the refinancing of US $1.2 billion of existing indebtedness in January 2020. Subsequent to year, year end, we entered into a further refinancing of existing indebtedness with the refinancing of US $600 million in aggregate, in aggregate principal of 5.875% senior secured notes due February, 2029. Post these refinancing, MEG maintains a four-year runway until its next debt maturity, represented by the remaining U.S. $496 million, of 6.5% second lien notes, due January 2025. In the last three years, the company has repaid approximately U.S. $1.5 billion of our initial uh, debt repayment target of U.S. $2 billion. Meg realized an average AWB blend sales price of U.S. $28.07 per barrel in 2020 compared to U.S. $46.19 per barrel in 2019. The decrease in the average AWB blend sales price year-over-year was primarily primarily a result of the average WTI price decreasing by U.S. $17.63 per barrel. Makes sold 40% of its sales volumes to the U.S. Gulf Coast in 2020 compared to 33% in 2019. Increase in sales to the U.S. Gulf Coast is primary, primarily a result of the corporation's increased contracted blend transportation capacity on the Flanagan South and Seaway Pipeline systems effective July 2020 from uh, moving from 50,000 barrels a day to 100,000 barrels a day. Transportation and storage costs averaged U.S. $6.74 per barrel of AWB blend sales in 2020 compared to U.S. $5.70 per barrel of AWB blend sales in 2019. Increase in transportation and storage costs is primarily due to the fixed costs associated with increased Flanagan South and Seaway pipeline contracted capacity coupled with lower year-over-year sales volumes. MEG's AWB blend sales by rail were approximately 17,000 barrels a day in 2020, representing 14% of total blend sales, compared to approximately 20,000 barrels, representing 15% of total blend sales in 2019. MEG is not anticipating undertaking any AWB blend sales by rail in 2021. 2020, we continue to advance our environmental, social, uh, and governance activities and strategies with corporate commitments to support the Paris Agreement, the approval of our long-term ambition of reaching net-zero greenhouse gas emissions um, on a Scope 1 and Scope 2 basis by 2050, and our commitment to human rights as reflected in the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights. We remain committed to ESG leadership and look forward to updating our performance in that regard with the release of our 2020 sustainability report mid-2021. As announced on December 7th, 2020, MEG's capital investment plan for 2021 of $260 million includes $245 million to be directed towards sustaining and maintenance capital and the remaining $15 million towards um, non-discretionary field infrastructure, regulatory, and, and capital costs, corporate capital costs, excuse me. Next, 2021 annual average bitumen production volumes are targeted to be in the range of 86 to 90,000 barrels a day, and the corporation's 2021 non-energy operating costs and general administrative expenses are targeted to be in the range of $460 to $5 per barrel and 170 to 180 per barrel, respectively. To support MEG's 2021 capital uh, budget announced December 7, 2020, MEG entered into benchmark WTI fixed price hedges and enhanced WTI fixed price hedges with sold put options for approximately 47% of forecast bitumen production, weighted at 60% in the first half and 30% in the second half at an average price of US $46.66 per barrel. These hedges were put in place to protect funding of the corporation's 2021 capital program with internally generated cash flow down to a U.S. $30 per barrel uh, WCS price and to protect MIG's balance sheet. The first half weighting of these hedges at approximately 60% of forecast production reflects the first half weighting of MIG's capital investment profile as well as the uncertainty regarding the pace of 2021 economic recovery at the time of As I bring my remarks to close, I again want to thank our team at MEG for their commitment and perseverance through an exceptionally challenging year. MEG's performance in 2020 demonstrates our resilience, and I'm proud of our performance and confident in our ability to continue this momentum into 2021. Looking ahead, we're confident in our ability to execute on our business plan and remain committed to sustainable, innovative, and responsible energy development. We look forward to updating you on our progress in the coming quarters. With that, we will now open the lines for questions.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger less than five miles away, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have a question, please press star followed by one on your Touchstone phone. You'll hear a three tone prompt acknowledging your request. And your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star, followed by two. If you're using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Uh, Your first question comes from uh, Phil Skolnick from 8Capital. Phil, please uh, go ahead.
3: Yeah, thanks. Good morning. Um, Can you just uh, talk about your debt reduction policy and, you know, in that same – uh, framework just you know how you what what do you need to see to put on that incremental like i think it's 150 million dollars to spend to get to the 100,000 barrels a day you know kind of other priorities and you know of the use of free cash
2: flow um why don't i take the uh, first part and i'll let um eric take uh eric Tate's uh talk about uh debt um, um, clearly, we're going to, at, at, at these sorts of commodity prices, Phil, um, we have um, incremental free cash flow above and beyond what we're going to need to fund our capital program. Um, you know, people are asking us, well, when would you make any decisions with respect to whether you would put more capital back to work? And quite frankly, you know, we We love what we 're seeing in terms of commodity prices and differentials, but um, we 'd like to see them for a little while longer to know that they 've actually got some staying power um, you know obviously we 've got an OPEC meeting today which could be positive or negative or neutral and um, um, as to that, but as we think about um, incremental free cash flow, I think you know obviously there's the opportunity to put a little more money back to work um, on the business and start that uh, progression from you know, essentially 90,000 barrels a day back to 100,000 barrels a day. We anticipate that the capital cost associated with that is somewhere in the neighborhood of $15,000 of flowing BOE, but I, I would caution that the timelines on putting that capital back together or from the time we put the dollars to work to when we actually see the production can be anywhere from, um, you know, uh, 12 to 18 months. Uh, so, uh, you know to the extent that we started to put some incremental capital back to work um, say um, in the middle uh, or, or to in the second half of this year you likely wouldn't see any incremental production till the end of um, sort of the end early 2023 um, so uh, you know uh, in terms of cost to uh, get us back there. I think that $15,000 of flowing BOE number is um, is a pretty good one um, in terms of timing, uh, yet to be determined. Um, uh, but I, before turning it over to Eric here to talk about sir, where we we're planning on going in terms of long-term debt targets, the only thing I would say is that we are definitely committed to reducing our debt. And I think you know, one of the key highlights uh, that I hope the market picks up from our, our press release is the fact that, you know, we're a bit of a unicorn this year. We we developed, uh, we not only had free cash flow, but we also reduced our debt. Um, so um, I always tell people you shouldn't listen to a bloody thing we say. You just watch what we do. And I think our track record in terms of debt reduction is something that we focused on. We've told the market that we're focused on and, um it will definitely uh, be part of any plan um, as we move forward.
1: Yeah, hey Phil,
3: it's Eric. Um, just respect, with respect to the debt repayment strategy, it really hasn't changed since 2019 and early 2020. You know, we did the last uh, tranche of debt repayment uh, in January, and then got the, the the strategy obviously got derailed with COVID and the impact on on our uh, oil price. Um, as we head into 2021, and we see, and we see the uh, see what's happening on the oil price uh, front. Our plan is to reinstitute the debt repayment. Um, We want to obviously take free cash flow and put that against uh, debt repayment. Our first stopping off point, which we've talked about before, is sort of another $500 million U.S. That would get us to the $2 billion uh, U.S. that Derek talked about. And that's that's not an absolute target. It's more of a a metric target, which is about two and a quarter to two and a half times debt to EBITDA at a, a trough price of around $50 U.S. for WTI. So that's That strategy remains uh, top of mind for us. And I think as it relates to any increase in capital, you'd see, I think uh, we tell you that you shouldn't expect to see increase in capital standalone. I think you'd see debt repayment um, uh, beside that or ahead of that.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Your next question comes from Neil Mata from Goldman Sachs. Neil, please go ahead
4: thank you and good morning guys uh i just wanted to to talk a little bit about your hedging strategy i think uh in the release you indicated you're 46 percent hedged for your 2021 volumes at this point point. and uh how, how are you just thinking about that that program it is very much front half weighted i think in the second half you, you if commodity prices hold here or go higher you should have a lot of torque to to a more open uh commodity price environment and then what's the strategy for 22 given the curve is backward aided and there are a lot of moving pieces. So there's a lot there, Derek, but uh, if you can unpack your hedging strategy, that'd be great.
2: Sure. Um, thanks for the question, Neil. And, uh, you know, I, I think we, we had a, a very very um, um, uh, When we when we hedge, we have to have a purpose. There has to be a reason why we do that. And uh, you know, the hedges that you see uh, um, are weighted about 60% to the first half and about 33% to the second half. So, the purpose for putting in place the hedges that we did um, to support our cap was was primarily to support our capital program to ensure that we had a. Visibility on the cash flow, which was going to be needed to execute the program. And um, we did that um, as, at the end of last year. Um, we have not hedged WTI since early January. And at this juncture, we don't have any plans to add any WT he- WTI um, uh, hedges in, in 2021. We haven't looked in, in great depth um, at 2022 uh, at this juncture, we haven't, uh, you know, but I, I think you should expect to see us, uh, if we do hedge, that we will have a reason for why we hedge, um, and, you know, I, over the last couple of years, it's been uh, um, to protect our, our, our capital program. So, I um, really can't give you a lot of visibility on, on 22. Yes, we note that the backward, or, you know, there's fairly steep backwardation, um, but, you uh, uh, you know, as as time goes forward and uh, we've got a better idea of when the Saudis are going to bring um, our OPEC plus are, are going to bring incremental barrels back, we, we expect some of that backwardation will come out of the market.
4: Uh, that's great. And uh, the follow up is just around the differential
2: um,
4: outlook and just how you're how you're thinking about it. Uh, where do you see Alberta inventory levels right now? And then how, how do you see uh, that playing out? over the course of this year, um, as, as you see it, and then it looks like we've got some egress solution, particularly uh, the 370,000 barrels a day coming in from Enbridge Line 3 at the end of the year. So do you, do you see a structurally tighter differential outlook in Alberta? And if, if you can weigh in on the U.S. Gulf Coast differentials, that'd be helpful as well because of how many of your barrels you're able to export uh, down into the
3: Gulf Coast area. Hey, Neil, it's Eric. Um, yeah, the, the starting point for differentials is the Gulf Coast. Uh, that's been structurally very tight for the last six months, um, and we don't frankly see that changing. And I think if you look at the strip for WCS and AWB in the Gulf Coast, that would uh, echo that comment. It's around, you know, WCS is around $3 off WTI in the Gulf Coast. Um, we've seen very, uh, and our peers have seen very significant demand from Asian refineries, both uh, Chinese and Indian that's um, been been drawing those barrels out of the Gulf Coast as well as the the, the Pad Three refiners. Um, so that we don't see that structurally changing uh, as we move through 2021 and frankly into 2022 and onward. Um, the egress that you talk about out of Alberta, there's been marginal egress improvements, which we've been, uh, I think, those differentials in, in Edmonton have been benefiting from. Um, you know, with, with 50% apportionment in the first quarter, you, you expect to see diffs blow out in Edmonton. We haven't seen that. I think that's because of the incremental storage that's been built, um, as well as the rail capacity, which isn't f- fully utilized, frankly. So, you know, we expect to see differentials in Edmonton around $10 to $13. That's why we've been layering in, picking away at differential hedges around that $11 range. Um, so we think structurally there's a lot of tailwinds from a differential perspective. Um, inventories uh, in Alberta, I think, around $30 million barrels um so we've had you know the storage has been there to soak up the apportionment um as has the incremental egress so you know very positive from a differential perspective neil thanks there thanks there
4: thank you
1: your next question comes from greg party from rbc capital markets greg please go ahead
4: yeah thanks good morning um, just wondering if we can shift gears a little bit into, in, into technology, obviously with 2020, it, it, it would have limited the ability for you to, to do probably as much as you wanted to on things like EMVAPEX and so forth. But I'm, I'm just wondering if there is any update there. Sure.
2: Um, I'm going to ask, uh, Taki, he, he's, uh, uh, you know, the principal driver on, um, EMVAPEX, uh, to, uh, provide an update. Yeah. Good morning, Greg. Um, yeah, we, on the EMBPEX uh, uh, front, we
5: finished the um, propane injection phase now, or the solvent injection phase now, and we are transitioning to what we call the, uh, the last phase, what we call the blowdown phase, to try to recover uh, the uh, propane that's that stored in the reservoir and also observe what, what the ultimate recovery looks like. Um, so that's really the, the objective for, for this year. For, the, uh, for that EMAPEX pilot. Um, in terms of technology in general, uh, we are shifting a, a bit of focus on looking at some of the uh, carbon or decarbonization technology to see how we could uh, manage our, our carbon emissions going forward.
4: OK, terrific. Um, is there anything specifically, then, just on the decarbonation you wanted to highlight, or is it too early?
0: I think
5: it's too early to, to discuss at this moment. We we uh, um, we would uh, talk about that into in our um... ESG report that's coming out in the mid year.
4: Okay. Okay. Thanks, Chetak. Last question: is, What are you targeting then as a recovery rate on the propane?
5: Well, we hope to get to um, ultimately probably about eighty eighty five percent recovery um, at, at the end of the process. Okay.
1: okay. Terrific. Thanks very much. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as a final reminder, should you have a question, please press star, followed by one. Okay, it appears there are no further questions at this time. Please proceed.
2: Well, um, just a quick thank you for um, everybody that's joined us for the call this morning. Um, As I have uh, indicated, um, uh, we are um, very positive not only about uh, what we've been able to do but also more about the uh, uh, the macro environments um, uh, Eric alluded to it uh, a little bit in his remarks here with respect to the fact that you know I think our business has seen uh, fairly significant headwinds for uh, the last six years and it feels like those headwinds have come around and are um, are, are becoming tailwinds so uh, we look forward to um, uh, bringing you up to date on our progress in, uh, quarters, uh, uh, in the coming quarters. Uh, so thank you uh, for joining us and listening to our call this
1: morning. Good day. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines.